our scripture reading this morning, uh, we're going to meditate and and reflect on uh, two verses, uh, John 1, 1 and 14. This is God's holy and infallible word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Our text is how the Gospel of John tells the Christmas story. There are a number of other verses in there we didn't read, but those two verses are his highlights of the Christmas story. He doesn't talk about the manger or the shepherds or Mary, but he does tell it. And he starts in eternity. He describes how the second person of the Trinity, the Word, existed there fully God, with the Father and with the Spirit, as we learn from other places in the Bible. And then verse 14 tells us what happened that first Christmas. The Word became flesh. Jesus came from the Father. Christmas is about the coming of Christ. The coming of Christ. And that's what we're going to focus on in a special way this morning in the message. We're getting close to wrapping up our tour together that we did this fall of one of the greatest summaries of the Bible ever written. And we did this especially on Sunday nights. We had a tour of the Heidelberg Catechism. And if you haven't studied it, if you haven't read it, if you don't know it, you're missing out. I recommended recently a book about the Heidelberg Catechism to someone who goes to our church. And the book is called uh, The Good News We Almost Forgot. It's by Kevin DeYoung. I'd recommend it to anybody. Last Sunday, she came up to me, and after reading half of that book, she told me she liked it so much that she was upset, almost angry, at her church growing up that did not tell people about the Heidelberg Catechism. She said, I feel like I've been gypped for the 60-some years of our life that I didn't know about this wonderful summary and warm and practical and personal roadmap to the Scriptures. Just the organization of the Catechism is pretty cool and helpful because it gives us three essentials we need to know for our salvation. In fact, it's hard to imagine being a Christian if you're missing any of these three ingredients, the three parts of the catechism are guilt, grace, gratitude, and sometimes we say sin, salvation, service. Tyler and Sarah showed their commitment and acceptance to Jesus this morning and to his church, and their vows included all three of those areas. One, I recognize my guilt, my sin, that I've fallen short in my life, that I'm separated from God on my own. Two, I realize that Jesus is the solution. He's the Savior. And I know that God saves me in Christ, not through anything I've done or could ever do, but by grace alone through faith. Three, I want to thank God for his deliverance of me by living a life of gratitude, serving him, serving others, With all my heart, three simple points. And you know what? That's the gospel. That's the good news for you and for me, for our loved ones. That's 
the message that we have for the world. Within that three-part framework of the catechism, you'll find a study of the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments, and the Lord's Prayer. And Christians over the centuries have always focused on those three important areas. The Apostles' Creed tells us what we believe. The Ten Commandments tell us how we live. The Lord's Prayer is especially about our relationship with Jesus. And together, they give you a biblically balanced faith and life that encompasses your head, what we're called to know, the truth, the contents of our faith. It's the Apostles' Creed. It includes our hands, how we live and act and serve, loving God and others. That's the Ten Commandments. And it includes our hearts, the seat of our emotions and our relationship with God, prayer. Tucked in between all of that, the catechism looks at the sacraments and has a description of what are called the keys of the kingdom. And that's lessons 25 to 31 of the catechism. It's in the back of your blue hymnals if you didn't know. The sacraments of the church are baptism and the Lord's Supper. The Catholics and Orthodox have some more. Catholics celebrate seven sacraments. The Orthodox Church has eight. Pretty much all other Christians have two, and that's based on the fact that it's those two that we can clearly see Jesus explicitly commands us to do in the Bible. The keys of the kingdom are preaching and discipleship. The catechism says discipline, but the word discipleship better conveys to people today what the catechism means with the word discipline. The catechism was written 450 years ago. So the big question for today is, how do the sacraments and these keys of the kingdom fit into our faith and life? What's their purpose? What's their point? They fit in like this. They are what we call means of grace. Means of grace. What do we mean by that? Well, salvation and all the gifts of God come to us by God's grace alone. Jesus came to the earth at Christmas to bring us God's grace. God's grace and all his blessings appear in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But how exactly does God give us those gifts and blessings in Jesus today? Have you ever thought about that? How do God's gifts and blessings in Jesus come into your heart and life today? How do they get there? Christmas is getting close Boys and girls, I think, are quite aware of that. And a fun part of Christmas is getting Christmas gifts, getting presents. Let's be honest, it's the most fun part sometimes. How do you get those presents? How do those presents get under the Christmas tree? Older kids know the answer, but some of you younger boys and girls maybe don't. This is such a big question that I don't dare answer it up here today. That's something for your parents to answer. 
I do want to talk about the even bigger question of how we get the gifts of God in Jesus. God sent Jesus as the ultimate gift. We're called to receive him in our hearts by faith, by believing. And if we do, we have that gift. But now, what about after that? What about after professing your faith publicly? After in your heart? Day after day in our lives. We don't want Jesus just to come into our hearts as a one-time deal and that's it. So in other words, how do we grow in grace? Like we talked about a few weeks ago, how is our inner person getting stronger with the gifts and blessings of God? It turns out that that especially happens through Jesus coming to us in his word. That is the means, that's the avenue that God uses to give us his grace time and time again. The Bible says Jesus is the word become flesh who dwelt among us. He was born in a barn long ago. He came to this earth. He's born in our hearts when we believe. How does the word, how does Jesus come to us day by day by day and strengthen us? That's what this little part of the catechism, the sacraments, the keys of the kingdom are about. Jesus comes in his word to you and to me in a very special way through the sacraments, through preaching, and through Christian discipleship. The sacraments are the visible word of God. In baptism and in the Lord's Supper, when we come in true faith, Jesus himself comes to us in a special way. We're reminded and we're assured of God's love for us. We're reminded and assured that our sins are washed away. We're reminded and assured of Jesus' one sacrifice on the cross for our sins. These are not just quaint traditions and motions we go through because we've always done it that way or because it's comforting, because we're used to that. Jesus himself commands these sacraments because God has chosen them as a means, an avenue of his grace. It's ways in which he brings his word, Jesus, into our lives. It's nothing less than that. We grow in this regular pattern of communion with God's people, celebrating baptisms. The water, the bread, the wine, they are visual words of God's grace. Preaching is the proclaimed word. That's the word we hear or listen to. The Bible explained and brought to people's lives today, belief And our growth in faith is closely wrapped up in faithful preaching. Faithful preaching in God's design, it's not about us just hearing a word. It's about hearing the word. Jesus himself. It's how he comes to his people in a special way today. You notice that both the sacraments and preaching... There's something that happened in worship with God's people. And that means that God's grace comes to us here in a special way. It's not that God can't and never does bless you any other times, like when you're shopping at Yorktown or watching a movie or home in bed or have some sort of outing plan for Sunday. 
But when we know that Jesus comes in the word, especially in worship, especially in preaching in the sacraments, well, then we organize our lives around Sunday worship to be sure we're here to receive God's blessings and gifts, his grace in faith. Besides the proclaimed word and the visible word, we can talk about God's word practiced, lived out, when we talk about discipleship. The catechism uses the word discipline, if you'd look in there. And it says, through Christian discipline, the kingdom of heaven is closed and open. To our modern ears, discipline sounds like something that's only negative. That's how the word is used today. The word discipleship helps us get at both the opening and closing of the kingdom of God. But we shouldn't ignore that discipline part. Sometimes people fall away from God in their living and in their beliefs. And if that happens to one of us, we should expect to be corrected in love. We agree when we join the church that we want to have help in keeping on track in our lives. This is part of the responsibility of the elders, but it's our responsibility together to stay close to the Lord and help one another do that. It's one of the functions of preaching, God's word that helps keep us on the path of life that will wake us up when we're drifting. But a key doesn't just lock and close doors. It also opens doors, and that's where discipleship comes in. Discipleship is about walking the Christian life day by day, living out the word of God. And as a church here at Faith, we want to see you know and live the implications of God's word for your life day by day. That happens as we gather together, as we talk, as we give good, wise advice to each other, as we give encouragement, as we help people use and develop their gifts, and on and on. Jesus comes to us in his word today then, especially in those ways, in the sacraments where we see the word, in preaching where we hear the word, and in the life of discipleship where we're living the word and practicing it. So where are you at in all of this? Are you expecting to be blessed and grow and receive the gifts of God in your life and in your family's life apart from the means of God's grace? God can use all sorts of ways to help us grow and be blessed through a Bible study, through a small group, through good music, walking through the woods, through prayer, through a conversation with a dear friend, countless ways. But the heart and the soul of it is preaching the sacraments discipleship. And when we prioritize those, that will put us in the very best position to receive all that God has for us in all those other ways too. And another way of putting it is this, those other ways, even your own personal prayer life, if you're in a small group, those other ways without the main means of grace are not going to work so well. Jesus, the gift of God, came and accomplish salvation. Communion is all about that. He comes today too, especially through his word, to bless his people with the gifts of God. 
And when you get that, you can open up your heart in faith to receive all that God has for you. And you can have the best Christmas season ever. Receiving, being filled up with the grace of God in Jesus. The Word become flesh.